Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about our relationship with the Father. So as the Word goes forth, we have to examine our heart and look to see where we are at. Do I really know the Savior or am I just playing games? Am I a son of God who's been planted in the world to affect the world or am I just saying I know the Savior and I'm planted in the church to see what I can get from the church? Question we have to ask question we have to answer to ourselves. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. So what's in a story? Stories can entertain. Stories can teach. Stories can represent a culture. But according to Pastor Xavier, the stories of our Lord Jesus contain the secret to eternal life. Let's join him for today's important study on the Kingdom Parables. I want to talk to you about the Kingdom Parables that our Lord taught here in Matthew 13. It is the third major discourse that our Lord speaks to His disciples, as well as the multitudes. It comes at a point in time when the conflict, the opposition, the continual rejection of Jesus has really come to a real climax, to an extent. Just looking at the previous chapter, we've seen the scribes and the Pharisees accusing him of casting out demons by the prince of Beelzebub. We see that even his own family does not understand him. They've come to rescue him. Mark gives us a commentary thinking that he has lost his mind. I find it very humorous that the one who had they thought lost their mind, had just cast a demon out of one, and yet they called him crazy. And so our Lord takes this time, and He's going to disclose things that have been kept secret from the foundations of the world. Verse 34 and 35 tell you that. Please mark it well, because in this chapter, Jesus disclosed things that were never known before. It is a key chapter to the whole of the New Testament study of end things, eschatology. It is a key chapter to understand the age of grace, for this is the, the revelation, if you will, by parabolic teaching of what will take place during the age of grace in the absence of the king. Mark it well. Now, the understanding of the principal parable, the parable of the sower, is an absolute essential as understanding to understand the rest of these parables, if not all of the parables that Jesus gave. We don't get that in Matthew, but in Mark chapter 4, the parallel passage, let me read you something, 4.13. And he, speaking of Jesus, said to his disciples, Do you not understand this parable, the parable of the sower. Listen to his remark. How then will you understand all parables? Little key verse that Mark gives us that Luke doesn't give us, Matthew doesn't give us regarding the parable of the sower. Crucial. And if you don't understand this parable, you will misinterpret and mess up the rest of the parables in the kingdom, if not all of the parables that you come to in the New Testament. Very, very key. As I said, Jesus is going to present to us the kingdom of heaven. This is the key phrase. The kingdom of heaven on earth while in the absence of the king till he returns. 
the second time. Now, there are varied interpretations to these parables. But whatever interpretation we're going to accept, we must be consistent with the interpretation first of Jesus Christ. But Jesus only interprets two of the eight, the sower and the sowing of tares. Those two parables are crucial in Jesus' interpretation for us to understand the rest of the parables. So we must not violate the interpretation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, number one. Number two, we must be consistent in the symbols and figures that our Lord gives meaning to. And if there are any other figures and meanings that we want to interpret, we must interpret them consistently with the whole of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation and never miss the very basic principle of symbols and metaphors and figures. It is this. Go back to the first time it appears. What does it mean there? If that does not clear it up, then you have to look also at the figure and the meaning within the context and see if there is the interpretation within that context. If there is not, then you have to look how that word or that symbol is used throughout that specific book. And having seen that, you can see it in the whole of the revelation of God. In this way, you are not bringing in some foreign interpretation, your own, what they call um, an allegory form. You give meaning to everything. You come up with 20 different messages, and that's not what our Lord is trying to tell us. And so those are basic principles that we must honor when we come to interpretation. But before we look at what I want to share with you this morning, let me give you some general information about parables. First of all, what a parable is. It comes from the Greek word, which means to throw alongside. It's taking something that you already know, common in life. Jesus says, Behold a sower. And he probably looked on and they saw this guy sowing. And they were very familiar with that picture, with that practice. And knowing that very well, then he takes the unknown, puts it alongside. And in understanding the known, you come to know the unknown. That's all that a parable is. It's a story form of revealing truth. That's all that a parable is. About one third of our Lord's teaching consists in parabolic teaching. The word parable appears 48 times in the Synoptic Gospels. These particular parables, not all of them, are found in three of the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, none in John. The purpose of a parable, therefore, is to illuminate, to reveal truth, and not to conceal. The reason you put windows in your house is to let light in. And therefore, the purpose of a parable is to shed light. And so in verse 13 says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. You see, Jesus had been teaching a normal language all along. They kept rejecting. And here it is, the loving, merciful compassion of God, that He takes a form of teaching that is in a story form that even those who have rejected in hearing the story, it might cultivate, it might stimulate, it might 
promote curiosity to seek the truth, and in that seeking, they come to understand the truth they have missed and rejected all along. This is the heart of our Lord. Verse 14 and 15 gives us the reason. Verse 14 is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah. Describing the men of Israel who were rejecting the word of God. But verse 15 gives you the reason why they are blind. It is not due to God's sovereign cantankerous will to blind them. But it is because the hearts of people have grown dull, thick, greasy, unpenetrating. Their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. It is a willful, deliberate rejection of God's continual attempt to reveal truth. Please understand that. Otherwise, you will accuse Jesus of blinding people willfully. Now, you and I know that a continual rejection will continue to bring about a callous heart and a blinder eye. So, he will strengthen you in your decision if you choose to reject. But you can never blame God for your blindness. It is yours by a willful rejection. For he says there, their eyes they have closed. As we said earlier, the parable of the sower is a key parable to understand all parables. G. Campbell Morgan says that parables is a heavenly message and an earthly story. That's exactly what it is. The parabolic teaching of Jesus is in fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, as I said there in this verse, and also in chapter 13, verse 35. Fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy as well as the prophet Asaph in Psalm 78, 2. Isaiah 6, he is quoting there earlier in the passage. And so, this is the backdrop. And again, the parabolic teaching was not new. Jesus had taught it already earlier. He taught about the old wineskins. He taught about the lilies of the field. He taught about many different things in parabolic form. This is not new. But the key thing is that now Jesus turns to the absolute teaching of parables. So this place in the Gospel of Matthew marks a very unique an important transition in the ministry of Jesus Christ. He did not teach apart from parables from this point on. And we get that as we go through the, through the text. Now, let me propose to you that the kingdom parables communicate four important things for us to know about the age of grace. Number one, the sowing of seed. God wants us to know that it teaches that. Secondly, the sowing of men. Thirdly, the sowing of conflict. Fourthly, the sowing of responsibility. Let's look at the first, the sowing of seed. The sowing of seed is found in, from verse 1 to 9, the parable of the sower, and the interpretation, verses 18 through 23. Now, we're not going to be able to go all in depth, so just sit back, relax, Listen, because we're going to fly. Jesus, on the same day, what precedes in chapter 12, went out of the house by the sea, and he sat there. A great multitude gathered together to him, and 
so that he got into the boat, he sat, and the whole multitude stood around the shore. And then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. So Jesus leaves the house to go to the sea. He sits there, the crowd is too many, he gets in the boat, and with the natural amphitheater type, he speaks from the water forward, and they all can hear him. He gives the parable of the sower. The sower went out to sow seed by the wayside. The birds came and devoured them. Some fell by places where they did not have much earth, and they were immediately sprung up, but because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell by thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, sixty, and uh, thirtyfold. He who has an ear, let him hear. Now, a very typical scene in the day of Palestine. A sower sowing seed. He wants a crop. The sower goes out knowing that not all seed is going to produce. But he doesn't worry about it. He trusts that God is sufficient to bring in his crop. The interpretation of this is in verses 18 through 23. He says, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which is sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. The interpretation of Jesus here is that the sower is the son of man. We get this in Matthew as we go along. We get it also in Luke and in Mark. Primarily, Jesus is the sower. Now, we know that everyone who preaches the gospel will be also the sower in a second application. But notice also that he says they hear the word of God, and if they don't understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what is in their heart. The seed is put out, but the soils speaks of the heart. The heart of men. Four different types of hearts. That heart that is hard. That by the wayside. The wayside is where men walk upon along the path and it's very hard. The seed cannot penetrate. The wicked one comes by, snatches it. In verse 20, he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself. He endures only for a while, but when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word immediately, he stumbles. And so there are those who hear the word of God, they receive it all, oh, great, praise God. My sins are forgiven, Jesus is going to give me everything, excited, going for it. But then after a while, tribulation, persecution, mark it, because of the word, they fall away. Thirdly, verse 22 now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and become unfruitful. The third one is a heart that is among thorns. It's a compromising heart. The first one's hard. The second one is very shallow. The third one, it's compromising. It's divided. The cares of the world cried out the things that God really wants to do. The cares of the world take the place of God. God is not really a priority, nor the Bible, nor the Word, nor His kingdom. But it's only a sidelight, and if we can hang in there and pull it in, fine. If not, well, God loses. We look to the church, we see much of this. I would say that this is where the majority of people in the church are, in the third seed, the third heart. Everything's crowding out Jesus. Anxieties, perplexities, 
sufferings, tribulations, money, all kinds of different things. But the fourth seed is he who receives seed on good ground and hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, sixty, and thirtyfold. Here you have the sowing of seed. Four different types of individuals, four different types of hearts. God would have us to understand that He makes Himself responsible for the sowing of seed. As I come to this pulpit every Sunday, I feel the awesome responsibility to bring to you the text in its purest form and with the best of my ability as I have studied and prayed. But I never take it upon myself as a personal responsibility for your response to the gospel. That is God's department. Though I expect a response one way or another. But it is God's responsibility. If it was not, I would go crazy. And yet it's also a very encouraging thing to the preacher and the teacher and those who are ministering in the world. It is that God is patient with those who reject, and therefore we are not to be discouraged by those who reject. Noah preached for 120 years. He had no converts. How would you like to have that record and send your resume through churches? <laughs> and yet, Noah was one of the greatest preachers. Today's boards would never think that or conclude that. You see, God looks upon man a lot differently. Why? Because God makes himself responsible for the seed that goes forth. Never are we to make ourselves responsible. We are to be concerned. We are to be faithful. We are to be diligent. We are to be loving. We are to be praying. And that's where we leave it. God is the one. Paul says, you know, uh, some sow, some water, but God gives the increase. He says, what do you have that you have not received? And if you have received it, why in the world are you boasting? And therefore, we can enjoy our ministry. We can enjoy our relationship with Jesus Christ. But notice, you're occupying until He comes. There's a responsible living that goes on, not simply just sitting. And so, right from the beginning in this first parable, Jesus would have us to understand that during the age of grace, there will be much sowing of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the heart of men. And that not all will receive. For the most part, the majority will reject. And even in those that receive, there is a distinction in effectiveness. 30, 60, 100 full. There are those who are sold out 100% to the Lord. And that's their primary purpose for life. There are others who are less committed. And others who are even less committed. And so we need to understand this lest we come to wrong conclusions, lest we exalt ourselves, lest we look down on others, but that we grasp the truth of what Jesus is teaching during the age of grace in the absence of the king. The second thing is found in verses 24 through 30 and 36 through 43. It is the sowing of men. It is found in the parable of the tares and the wheat. He says, another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows good seed in his field. But while men slept, 
His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. And so the servant of his owners came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And the word tares there is darnels. It's almost like a, a, um, a false wheat, if you will. You can't tell the difference till the blade springs forth. He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go out and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, notice back in verse 24, the kingdom of heaven is like a man sowing good seed in his field. There was an enemy sowing darnels. The Jews call them, I think they call it bastard wheat because of the duplicity of it and the falsity of it. And here you have the two sowings. But don't confuse the sowing of the parable of the sower with the, with the parable of wheat and tares. For here it is not the sowing of the gospel, but the sowing of men who are born again and women who are born again. Because if you look to the interpretation by Jesus Christ in verse 36, it says, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares and the field. Listen. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. So again, the sower is Jesus Christ. The field is the world. Listen. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. Did you ever pick that up? But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. It is God who saves people to plant them in the world. The field is the world. Jesus gives us the interpretation. God would have us to know that during the age of grace, He is sowing men and women to bring forth a crop. To influence the world. Has he not said already in parabolic form that we are the salt and the light of the earth? We're supposed to bring influence. And so here you have God sowing men and women in the field of the world that is dark. That they might proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. But there is an enemy. An enemy that sows darnels here, which means they are those who look just like the sons of the kingdom. They smell like them, they sound like them, but they're not sons and daughters of the kingdom. Well, should we do? Look around, throw them out? No, Jesus, leave them alone. I'll take care of that at the end of the age when I return. There are those who are openly perverse and we need to confront them. There are those who are openly teaching heresy and we need to call them out. There are those who are openly rebellious and we need to deal with them. But among that and apart from that, Jesus tells us that there will be some sitting next to us who are not Christians and they will pass themselves off as Christians and they are sons of the devil. There is no way that any auditorium full of people at any time could be thought of as being completely all saved, nor that we're all going to be in heaven. 
And so as the word goes forth, we have to examine our heart and look to see where we are at. Do I really know the Savior or am I just playing games? Am I a son of God who's been planted in the world to affect the world or am I just saying I know the Savior and I'm planted in the church to see what I can get from the church? Question we have to ask and question we have to answer to ourselves. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about our relationship with the Father. And you can request a copy of today's study from the Gospel of Matthew titled The Kingdom Parables and it's available on CD for just $4. Now this message contains much more material than we had time to present to you on today's broadcast. The title to ask for once again is The Kingdom Parables or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths 2200 East Colorado Boulevard Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Want to hear what makes a good story? Find out when Pastor Xavier Reese has more on the parables of the Master. That's right here on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com